Hello, it's Wayne Perry, the TV carpenter here. Can I ask you a question? Are you a DIY doer? Meaning, do you like DIY? Do you like fixing the things in your home? Or does it frighten you and you'd rather somebody else did it, like your other half, or you paid somebody to come and do it? The reason I'm asking the question is, it's either one or the other. People don't realise anyone can be a DIY doer. And for, for me, when I say that, I don't mean the big jobs. I don't mean putting up shelves. I don't mean laying laminate flooring. For me, DIY is about having a safe house for you and your family. So when I say safe, knowing how the smoke alarm works and why does it beep or knowing how to turn your water off if your house is flooding or if the fuse trips and your electrics go out, knowing what all the buttons on the fuse board do. So that's a safe home. I think everyone should have that. Everyone should have a practical home, meaning everything should work as it should. So if your curtain tracks falls out the wall, you know how to put it on. Or if your toilet seat breaks, you know how to change it. But also I think everyone should have a beautiful home, knowing what paint types to use, knowing how to upcycle some furniture. If you would like a safe, practical and beautiful home, Let me teach you the DIY around it. All you need to do is join the DIY Doers Facebook group. You can find it on Facebook or you can go to my website, thetvcarpenter.com and I'll link you straight through to there. Let me help you create a safe, beautiful and practical home for you and your family. On today's show, I'm joined by my business partner, Steph Brom from the DIY Doers, as we go through some of our Sunday Times home questions, one of them being how to reduce drafts from your floorboards. And I have the pleasure of interviewing the wonderful Amanda Lamb, as she tells us about a place in the sun and how Brexit might affect that show. And she gives us the insight into creating a flat pack home. A huge thank you to Thorndown for sponsoring this podcast. What's been great is this week I actually went down to their home and they live in Glastonbury, in the lovely village of Glastonbury, and they have their their workshops and their factory there. And we went down and we, me and my daughter, went down there and we met them and I interviewed them for the next series of uh, the podcast. So they've agreed to sponsor, continue sponsoring and supporting the TV Carpenter podcast. But while I was there, I got to ask them a load of questions. And what was really interesting is I never knew that, yes, they have an amazing range. If you look on their website, thorndown.co.uk, you'll see they've got a brilliant um, colour palette range and you can pick from and they're they're named wonderful colours and they're really inspiring. But also they can colour match almost. They've got a a machine there which does, uh, I think, 1800 RAL colours. And I asked them about that. RAL colours is like industry trade colours. So if there's a certain colour that particular that you really like you could contact them and they could make it bespoke for you um, it's like a RAL colour chart so if you can't find a colour on their colour chart that they've got on their website if you go onto the RAL website I believe you can look up and find uh, a colour match like their trade colours so you, the options are, are endless uh, again, like I say, if you want to find any more information about Thorndown, their eco paints and all their credentials, go to thorndown.co.uk. And because they're amazing, they're giving my podcast listeners a 15% discount. So all you have to do is put in, in the discount code is the word TV Carpenter. So you can enjoy 15% off. 
The great thing about answering the Sunday Times Home Magazine DIY questions with my business partner, Steph Bron, is we get sent so many interesting questions. So we thought we'd sit down and answer a few for you on the podcast. So listen out and see how we can help stop the draft coming in from under your skirting boards. One of the questions we had um, from the Sunday Times was regarding like um, uh, mucky marks around the edge of of a carpet. Yes. And there was lots of different debates about this. I've seen this quite a few times where someone's even mentioned it on our DIY Doers website. Well, you were the genius on this one. I think I'm... Only because I discovered this from um, working, um, doing a new build house. Right. Because obviously houses generally are are really dusty and really mucky. Yeah. Um, And I, I remember especially on our website there were a lot of people commenting on it saying it could be lots of different things but the one thing that i realized works is it's the dust behind the skirting board yeah so when you know new bills or any house it's got a load of dust behind the, the uh, load of, a load of mess but if you don't hoover out the dust from underneath the skirting boards before you lay the carpet you get this like um airflow that comes in and out of the rooms and brings the dust in and out of the carpet edge so it ended, I think this one, the woman who wrote in for the time, she had like a cream carpet and she'd had this dirty tide mark that went all the yeah, way around. It was around. all collecting in that area and she thought it was like a sort of static yeah. problem or something, you know, that was, why was it all being attracted there? But you're right, it's the airflow. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's an area where there is going to be that sort of thing going on. And you kind of want the airflow. You want, you don't want any, you know, you you know, you want ventilation, you want it, you know, air bricks underneath your floorboards. But we also suggested that some of the old Victorian houses, you could, you could even seal the area, put some silicone in there, even, you know, to below the skirting boards, you know, if the gap, isn't it? Yeah. But before the carpet's fitted before. Yeah. Well, that would be more helpful. Yeah. Yeah. But then what we recommended to this lady was to, actually gently find an area where she could get at mm-hmm. that bit of carpet and just try and lift it. Yeah. So obviously you're going to have your gripper rod mm-hmm. around the edge, which is sharp, so just being a little bit careful. But if you could get a kind of pallet knife or something under one bit and then get hold of it and just gently pull it away, mm-hmm. as long as you can push that carpet back under... Into the grippers. Yeah, yeah. once you're done, um, then just hoover... Yeah. under there I mean it's something that in old houses it's going to sort of accumulate a, a lot of the time you can get that area mm. clean with a decent attachment on your hoover yeah, 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 do you yeah. know what I mean but sometimes it just doesn't clean does yeah. it and I think the only solution then really is to try and pull it away mm. but just being aware of you know is it under the skirting board mm. is it butted up to the skirting board there's a few things to consider so yeah, that when yeah. you put it back it, you're not going to end up Saggy with any carpet. loose bits of carpet but also as well we've seen it a lot you get a lot of movement in houses so you know your floor might drop a little bit which means your skirting board almost floats a little you've got yeah. sometimes you've got like a centimeter gap all the way around i know my parents had an old victorian house and you saw the gaps under the skirting right. and people have asked us about like um, how to seal those so we've you know we've suggested you could silicone it you can seal it with clear sealant yeah but I've, you can buy long strips of cork which they sell um when you're doing laminate flooring um right. long long strip thin strips of cork that you can put in that gap and the brilliant thing about cork is it squishes and contracts and expands so as your house moves or as your laminate flooring it's a floating floor it needs to contract yeah, and move yeah, yeah. you can wedge that in the gap so even if you've got big gaps if you've got natural wooden floorboards you 
you could put cork in the gaps yeah. there so they'll move all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. but they stop that airflow and they stop drafts coming through as well so you can buy it in little flat long strips can you yeah it's like long strips of beading almost you wherever you if you go to the like wicks or any of your diy stores if you go where they sell the laminate flooring then there's an area where they sell the underlay they sell yeah. the miters they sell all the beading bits and bits. you just buy a pack of them and they're normally like brown cork really strips good. Yeah. I don't know that. And also, just while we're on the subject of cork, it's um, a bottle, a cork from a bottle is a really great thing to plug a hole. Mm-hmm. So I move a lot of radiators for people who have exposed wooden floors. And if you're moving that pipe work, obviously you've mm-hmm. got a hole where the pipe's coming up from under the floor to serve the yeah, radiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're moving that, so you're left with a hole in your yeah, yeah. wooden floor. Most of the time, because, you know, the pipe will probably be 15 mil and the hole will probably be 19 mil, the cork from a bottle of wine, mm-hmm. you know, so you've got to drink it. It's all right then, isn't it? <laughs> will fit, you know, a little yeah, yeah. tap with a hammer or whatever, get mm-hmm. it in the hole. And it, and it, like you're saying, it allows that sort of expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what's because the cork is tapered as well. Yeah. Or whatever, and, it, and it just takes your eye away from having a hole. And also the hole will be a, a gap. Mm-hmm. It could be somewhere that a little mice, mm-hmm. mouse, mousey might come in, blah, blah. But yeah, it's a really good little tip mm-hmm. of what to do to fill those kind of holes. But I didn't know about the strip of cork. That's yeah. really exciting. Interesting you're saying about mice. Um, they come, you know, they can get through loads of little holes and stuff. Um, wire wool is if you've got holes in areas that you know mice come through, they gnaw through everything. But wire wool, they can't bear it on their teeth. So you can buy, it's like Brilla pad. Yeah. Um, you can buy lots of it. It's good to stuff holes with Brilla yeah. pads, like wire wool, that'll help yeah. stop the mice coming through as well. Definitely. I have a confession to make. I'm absolutely gutted. A few weeks back, I interviewed Amanda Lamb. You may remember her from the Scottish Widow adverts. Now, I've known Amanda Lamb, especially her husband. I worked with her husband on um, the Great Interior Design Challenge and Interior Design Show a couple of years ago. He is a cameraman. Through him, Amanda and I would speak on social media. And I, at one point, I was going to help do some um, carpentry in her house. And we talked about different options and different things like that. So when I was doing the podcast, I asked her if she'd be involved. And she said, absolutely, I would love to be. Um, so we had a really lovely uh, telephone conversation and asked her how she became to be a presenter of all things property related and the interview was amazing and then it wasn't until I listened back I realized that like the first 10 minutes of it there was this weird interference and what had happened is my phone must have been near the microphone and it had this weird clicking sound I tried to edit it and run it through some software and we just both sounded like robots so I couldn't include it but then as I continued listening trying to fix I realized actually two-thirds of it wasn't affected at all and it was perfectly fine and there was nothing wrong with it so at least i managed to salvage or use two-thirds of it it just means the intro's not there so we've lost the beginning but i'll fill you in and what what we said and it was really lovely chatting with her and finding out you know how she became to do what she, what she does um i didn't know that i knew that she was the scottish widow uh, model from i think she did that campaign i think she did for like 12 years it was the lighthouse bit where you know she walks on a cliff tops in a long cape in a scottish widow advert she started out as an estate agent she worked in a estate agent for about 
five years. And then when she was 20, she went to a trade show, Clothes Show Live, and got asked by four different model agencies if she wouldn't mind modelling. So she gave up being an estate agent to be a model. And that's where she did the campaign and did various different campaigns and did the Scottish Widow. And then she was approached by A Place in the Sun, the TV show, because they knew she was a model, but also they knew that she had a stage and background. And she went and did a screen test and they gave her her first job. And from that, she's worked solidly in the world of TV. So, um, you know, she did Place in the Sun. You know, she's done Selling Homes with Amanda Lamb. And she does loads of uh, different various uh, property shows. And she's, she does a lot of the trade shows as well. And we talked about A Place in the Sun and then we and then we talked also about flat pack homes she's got a program where she talks and guides people through buying kit homes like the big hoof houses and different programs like that but luckily i managed to salvage all of that and all of that is usable so here we we pick up as we're talking about place in the sun and i talk about how brexit is going to affect the show and now the, the dreaded word, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, Brexit. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yes, you, you, <laughs> for, for you doing that show, like when, when obviously yeah. Brexit happened, like what's been oh, the, yeah. what, it must have been the main topic of conversation with all your producers. Well, I can remember when we, when, when we got the vote through and um, it was funny, I, I've now stopped, we had a puppy, um, he's now three, but uh-huh. I remember um, when Donald Trump was elected and when the Brexit vote came through, both times I got up early to let the puppy be out for a wee and I'm like, right, that's it. Every time I let you out for a wee, something disastrous happens. <laughs> so you're gonna have to just pause it. pause until, yeah. I remember when I first saw that, apart from being quite shocked because I yeah. really didn't think that we were gonna vote to leave. I think um, in our Facebook well, world we, we were like, Well, I don't know anyone who would want to leave and then no, you, I, that, I think that's why but, yeah. it was so so shocked because you were in a bubble, yeah. aren't we? Absolutely. Um but when I found out about it, I did think, well, that's it, we're stuffed. You know, there's yeah. no way Place in the Sun will continue. But it does. You know, it's just been recommissioned, I think, another 120 episodes. <laughs> and I think the thing is, it's, it, it's the sort of thing where you, it's like, a, you know, none of us have a crystal ball. So none of us know what's going to happen. But I think it will be more challenging. Yeah. The, the, the actual process of buying a home abroad will be more challenging. But when you think about it, you know, there are a lot of countries that aren't in the EU and they're buying in in Spain and France yeah. and Italy. So I don't think it will stop us being able to do it, but I just think it might be, a, you know, there might be a few more hoops one needs to jump. But to be honest with you, in some ways, that's probably not a bad thing because I think a lot of people got quite sort of lackadaisical about what, you know, oh, we'll just... I remember my mum bought a house in France and basically didn't listen to anything that I said, you know, used local notaire, didn't get a solicitor, didn't get a survey done. Unfortunately, <laughs> like, um, it worked out for her, but for a lot of people, they don't listen and they just find contracts in, you know, languages that they've got no idea, you know, what it's saying. And yeah. So I think maybe, not that I'm going to say Brexit is a good thing, but I think maybe in a way it will make people 
have to work just that little bit harder to get it, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. No, actually, yeah, due diligence will, will prove, yeah, yeah. strong. But I still haven't got a scooby-doo what's going on. Every time I wake up in the morning, I think, well, here we go. Oh, no, we don't. Yes, we do. Oh. I mean, I literally can't keep up with that. I, I know. And, and like I said, like both my family have got places there, and they're just like, mm. what, what, do we sell it? Do we not sell it? You know, nightmare. Yeah, it's very, very hard. Very it is. Hard. Um, flat pack home. Now, this is, yeah. this is living my dream. So you put... <laughs> Like this, uh, you know, uh, everyone dreams of building their own house, and I, I, and for me, it stemmed from dare I say it, the competition, like grand, grand design, when an old couple yeah. made a hoof house. They got the, yeah. and that I don't know if you remember seeing that episode, but that yeah. spurred on that whole idea. My dad's a builder, so my dad's build houses from right. scratch, um, right. and that series. But what always interests me, you can answer some technical questions, mortgage wise. Can you get a mortgage on a kit house? You, you have to, I mean, the best thing to do if you're thinking of buying one is to go and get your finances in place before you even start. I mean, you know, most financial advisors will be able to tell you that I'm sadly not a financial advisor, but, you know, I think you probably, I mean, I'm sure you can, but I think you would need to make sure. I think the thing is with, with kit homes is they're amazing. I mean, they are, they go up really fast. Um, I remember filming up, I remember turning up to film one, um, one day and the roof was going on and you know what it's yeah. like when you turn up to film there's a lot of faffing about isn't there you know everyone needs a cup of tea and then the sound man's got to get stuff out and so we'd all gone into this lady's house to get ready and sort of go through the script and work out what we were doing and by the time we'd done it which was only about an hour the roof was on I was like no, no! Can you undo that? Because that happens on interior design shows. Like, can you just cut that piece of wood again? No, I've done it. No, I can't. I've already done it. Um, But the great thing about flat pack homes is is that they do go up incredibly fast. They are, you know, uh, environmentally fabulous. Um, There's and there's so many different types now. You know, we did sort of six bedroom detached oak framed buildings, and then we did little granny annexes in the back garden and. What I love about it is is the speed and the ease of them. You know, as long as you get a good recommended company. I mean, there are a lot of them, the German ones, for example, not the Hofhausers, but there are lots of German companies where it's all done. You have to go over to Germany and you spend two or three days choosing door handles, door frames, kitchen cupboards, worktops, and then they just bring it over and put it all together. Amazing. So depending on how well you are at making um, decisions, yeah. you've got to be quite on it, because <laughs> otherwise you'd be there going like, oh God, do I go blue or green? But, yes. Um, and um, yeah, I think yeah. that... I was just going to say the, the 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 best piece of advice um, for someone choosing because it's like I said, it's a new world. If you were you know if you've got your mortgage in place, you've got luckily you've got a, pl- a plot of land somewhere. You mm-hmm. know um, what what's the biggest piece of advice? Because you've seen so many people do this now. Yeah, I think the biggest piece of advice. Well, number one, make sure you've got your finances in place. You know, make sure you can afford it. I mean, the good thing with a flat pack as opposed to sort of a conventional build is you nine times out of ten your cost. Is, is set at the very beginning so you're not going to get things spiraling out of control you know sometimes as well you know when, yeah. you, when you do a build yourself things go wrong or something happens or things that you haven't foreseen you know occur and you have to add an extra whatever I mean I always say to people if you're building a house you, and they say it's going to take 12 months it'll take 16 months and if they say it's going to cost 200,000 it'll cost 300,000 yeah. you know whatever you do it's always going to cost a bit more but the good thing with flat packs is that you have to figure 
up front there and then. So make sure you've got your finances in place and you know exactly what you're what you're dealing with. If you can and you choose a company that you like and you trust, ask to go and have a look at other houses that they've built because mm. I think that's quite important. You know, walk around them, open the doors, turn the taps on, all of that sort of thing. Sort of look at the quality of the build yeah. and, and, and see what you're getting. I mean, there are some companies... Um, there was one called Border Oak that we worked with, and they would find the plots of land for you and then build the house on top. Wow. Um, have a very good idea about how you want the property to look. That's also quite important. You know, so think about your flooring. Think about, you know, um, the colours that you want to use. Think about your kitchen. Work out, spend some time on the plot working out, the landscape you know what where does the sun rise where does it set because if you've got a big plot and you want to build the family house you know you can really have a lot of fun with it but don't rush into anything i think that's probably um a piece of advice i would give as well no it's like very much try before you buy if you can go like the fact that you can go to their factories sometimes and and walk through them um absolutely would you ever consider getting a a flat pack home well, funnily you should say that because, um, I mean, I, the house that we live in at the moment, we live in a Victorian townhouse, which I adore. I've always loved it. It's a very higgledy-piggledy house. You know, it's sort of lots of different levels and lots of different, um, you know, the bedrooms and things are on lots of different levels. But I was just thinking um, my teenage, well, when she becomes a teenager, mm-hmm. Willow, my eldest, so she, she'll be 11 in February. And at some point, you know, when she's about 18 or 19, we've got the perfect space at the bottom of the garden which at the moment has the trampoline and the shed on I'm like, get rid of those two yeah. I don't know where the lawnmower is going yeah I haven't worked that one out but I'm going to put a flat pack down there yeah. wow yes yeah because as lovely as this house is it only has three bedrooms so if ever we have anyone to stay or you know the kids want people it, it can be a bit snug yeah but building a flat pack that could become a guest cottage or a place for her to go in you know sleep in definitely yeah in a few years time that's that's next on the list next on the list now at the end of my podcast i always ask my um, um the person i'm interviewing to describe to me it could be something you already have or it could be um your your dream version of i want you to descri- mm. describe your dream um i was normally it's a room because it's interior designs but for me i'm going to say can describe your dream home and also while you're in it what are you drinking while you're there Okay, well, that's easy. Um, the older, the better. My dream home would be a Georgian manor house somewhere in the um, Somerset or Devon countryside. Um, I would like lots and lots of fireplaces throughout because I love, I love the idea of fires and candles and you know, and I'd be very eclectic in my style. One of my one of my kind of design um, heroes is Pearl Lowe. Yes. So she basically, I basically like Pearl Lowe's house. If ever you look at it, look it up. Online. Oh my god! I listened to her on the podcast with um, Sophie. Have you heard? Have you listened to yes. the podcast? That sounded yeah. amazing, didn't it? That house. Well, you can see her house online. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically, I'd like Pearl Lowe's house if that's okay. It, it, yeah, it's cold, so you need lots of fireplaces. She said. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you see, in the summer months, I would be out on the terrace having oh, a gin okay. and tonic, and then in the winter months, I would be by the fire having a lovely Chilean merlot. Nice, nice, nice. Done. Nice. Done. <laughs> Amanda Lamb, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, darling. Thank, Thank you. you. So but nice to speak to you. You too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. How cool was that? I've always wanted to build my own home, and I think a kit 
home would be a, a great way forward. Some of the designs are absolutely brilliant. And Amanda was a real good sport and it was great to, to chat with her. I hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation I had with my business partner, Steph, as we gave you some top tips from our Sunday time home help section. And as always, just thank you for you guys. We're on episode 12. We've done a whole three months of podcasting. Now, in podcasting terms, that's amazing. Everyone said after episode seven, most people drop away. So the fact that we've made it to 12 and you guys continue to listen is brilliant. We're going to have a little bit of a a catch up for the next two weeks. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. And what I'm going to do is create two amazing episodes, just just showcasing the last 12 weeks and some of the best bits from some of the guests that I've, I've had on the podcast. And what that enables me to do is it means I get to regroup and focus on how to make season two of the TV Carpenter even better than this season. What I'm pleased to say is I finally can release all the interviews I've done with all the contestants from Interior Design Masters. Contractually, I wasn't allowed to release them until the show had aired, until it had gone out on Netflix. So I'm pleased to say that we'll be starting with Cassie, the winner of Interior Design Masters, and then we'll be going through and speaking to the rest of the contestants. Um, So you'll have to keep listening and hearing all about those. I've actually interviewed Cassie today, and it was absolutely absolutely brilliant. I'm going to be also asking if you have any questions for any of the other contestants. So look out on all my social medias. And if you have any questions for Frank, Ju, Nikki, any of them, let me know and I can try and put those to them so that we can answer all those inside questions that you've always wanted to know and how they experience being on the show. A huge thank you to Thorndale for sponsoring this episode. And I'm really pleased to say that they've agreed to continue sponsoring the TV Carpenter and they'll be here with us for season two. If you would like some more information about Thorndown, don't forget you can go to thorndown.co.uk. And if you'd like 15% discount, you just put in the code the TV Carpenter. And remember, if you have any questions for me, um, you can contact me, Wayne Perry, on Instagram or Twitter. If you have any guest ideas, if there's people you would like me to interview, if there's anyone in the TV world or any shows that you would like me to try and find out who works on it, who works behind it, I'm quite lucky that I've got quite a few contacts within this industry. So I'm sure I might be able to get them on. And don't forget, I said before, you can contact me on those social medias on Instagram or Twitter. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. I hope it's inspired you to pick up the tools and maybe have a go and also giving you the confidence to create your dream home. And all I have to say now is thank you for listening to The TV Carpenter. Mm -hmm.